फर्स्ट टाइम द फेमस एंड्रयू कार्नेजी फॉर्मूला फॉर मनी मेकिंग बेस्ड अपॉन थर्टी प्रूवन स्टेप्स टू रिचेस ऑर्गेनाइज थ्रू ट्वेंटी फाइव ईयर्स ऑफ रिसर्च इन कोलेबोरेशन विद मोर देन फाइव हंड्रेड डिस्टिंग्विश मैन ग्रेट वेल हु प्रूव बाय देयर ओन अचीवमेंट्स दैट दिस फिलोसफी इज प्रैक्टिकल What do you want most? Is it money, fame, power, contentment, personality, peace of mind, happiness? The thirteen steps to riches described in this book offer the shortest, dependable philosophy of individual achievement ever presented for the benefit of the man or woman who is searching for a definite goal in life. Before beginning the book, you will profit greatly if you recognize the fact that book was not written twenty ten. It should be studied, digested, and meditated upon. This philosophy will not take the place of the subjects taught in school, but it will enable one to organize and apply the knowledge acquired and convert it into. useful service and eloquent conversation without waste of time the procedure man who thought his way into partnership the thomas a edison truly thoughts are things and powerful things are that when they are met with the definiteness of the purpose persistence and burning desire for their translation into rich or other material objects a little more than 30 years ago edwin c barnes discovered how true it is that men really do think and grow This discovery did not come about at one sitting. It came little by little, beginning with a burning desire to become a business associate of the Edison. One of the chief characteristics of the Barnes desire was that it was definite. He wanted to work with Edison. Now, for him, observe carefully the description. He went about translating his desire into reality, and you will have a better understanding. Of these thirteen principles, which lead to riches, when this desire or impulse of thought first flashed into his mind, he was in no position to act upon it. Two difficulties stood in his way: he did not know Mr. Edison, and he did not have enough money to pay his railroad fare to Orange, New Jersey. These difficulties were sufficient to have discouraged the majority of men from making any attempt to carry out the design. But his was no ordinary desire. He was so determined to find a way to carry out his desire that he finally decided to travel by blind baggage rather than be defeated. To the uninitiated, this means that he went to East Orange on a freight train. He presented himself at Mr. Edison's laboratory and announced he had come to go into business with the inventor. In speaking of the first meeting with Between Barnes and Edison, years later, Mr. Edison said, "He stood there before me, looking like an ordinary tramp, but there was something in the expression of the face which conveyed the impression that he was determined to get what he had come after. I had learned from years of experiment with men that when a man really desires 
thing so deeply that he is willing to stake his entire future on a single turn of the wheel in order to get it. He is sure to win it. I gave him the opportunity he asked for because I saw he had made up his mind to stand by until he succeeded. Subsequent events proved that no mistake was made. Just what young Barnes said to Mr. Edison on that occasion was far less important than that which he thought. Edison himself said so. It could not have been the young man's appearance which got him his start in the Edison's office, but that was definitely against him. It was thought that um, it was that thought which was counted. If the significance of the statement could be conveyed to every person who reads it, there would be no need for the set up in his mind as his different major purpose, but something important was happening in Brown's mind. He was constantly intensifying his desire to become the business associate of the Edison. Psychologists have correctly said that when one is truly ready for a thing, it puts in complete. Moreover, he was determined to remain ready until he got that which he was seeking. He did not say to himself, oh well, what's the use, I guess I'll change my mind and try for a sensible job, but he did say, I came here to go into business with Edison and I'll accomplish this and if it takes my remainder of life, he meant it. What a different story men would have to tell if only they would have adapted a definite purpose and stand by that purpose until it had time to come and all consuming obsession. Maybe young Barnes did not know it at the time, but his bulldog determination, his persistence in standing back of single desire was destined to move down all opposition and bring him the opportunity he was seeking. When the opportunity came, it appeared in a different form and from a different direction that Barnes had expected. That is one of the tricks of opportunity. It has a sly habit of slipping in by the back door and often it comes disguised in the form of misfortune, temporary defeat. Perhaps this is why so many fail to recognize the partiality. Mr. Edison had just perfected a new office device, known at that time as the Edison Dictating Machine. Now, Edison, his six men were not much enthusiastic over the machine. They did not believe it could be sold without great effort. Barnes saw his opportunity. It had crawled and quietly hidden in a queer-looking machine which interested no one but Barnes and the inventor. Barnes knew he could sell the Edison dictating machine. He suggested this to Edison and promptly got his chance. He did sell the machine. In fact, he sold it so successfully that Edison gave him a contract to distribute and market it all over the nation. Out of that business association grew the slogan made by Edison and installed by Barnes. The business alliance has been in operation for more than 30 years. Out of it, Barnes had made riches himself in money, but he has done something infinitely great. He has proved that one day we may think and grow rich. How much actual cash that desired of original desire of Barnes has been worth to him. I have no way of knowing. Perhaps it has brought in two or more, three million dollars, but the amount, whatever it has become insignificant. When compared with the greatest asset he required in the form of definite knowledge that the intangible impulse of thought can be transmuted into its physical counterpart by application of known principles, Barnes literally thought himself into a partnership with the great Edison. He thought himself into a fortune. He had nothing to start with except the capacity to know what he wanted and the determination to stand by that desire until he realized it. He has no money to begin with. He had but little education. He had no interest, but he did have initiative, faith, and the will. 
with the wind with these intangible forces he made himself number 1 and with the greatest intervention who ever lived now let us look at the defense situation and suddenly man who had plenty of tangible evidence of the chase but lost it because his top 3 fell short of the goal he was seeking to be continued Thank you.